Supercar Radio, where great cars never die. Well, hey there, everybody. Uh, this is Christopher Tyler with Supercar Radio number nine. And uh, so, yeah, here I am after, gosh, another long absence. <laughs> We're trying to keep them regular without much much success, but at least we keep trying, and at least they still keep coming out. Um, tonight, uh, it's getting a little late, and uh, I... I'm usually in the mood to uh, take a lot of pride in 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 this podcast and and um, you know re- really make uh, my best effort and make make it really polished. And but tonight just isn't one of those nights. Uh, so the show is going to be a lot more probably free form than usual. Uh, you know, maybe not as not as uh, you know produced. So uh, I'm I'm pretty much just going to talk about cars. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the show today. But we do have some interesting cars to talk about. Um, first up, and I I definitely recommend that you uh, visit this website too, um, TelsaMotors.com, and that'll be linked up on the show notes. And uh, this is a, the first fully electric, at least the first that I know of, first fully electric supercar or um, you know, exotic sports car uh, ever created. And uh, this this is what the front page says. Burn rubber, not gasoline. Introducing the Telsa Roadster. 100% electric. 0 to 60 in about 4 seconds. 135 mile per hour equivalent, which I'm not really sure how you can make batteries equivalent to gasoline, but okay, whatever, I'll roll with it. 250 miles per charge and about 1 cent per mile. Okay, this thing is awesome. Um, you know, th- this totally breaks the whole thing of, you know, the ugly plug-in car, you know, that used to be around in the 80s, but they kind of, you know, ditched because the technology wasn't really good enough. This thing is awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, they have wallpapers. I recently had one on my desktop because this car is beautiful. Um, it it isn't the fastest as you might might expect, 135 miles per hour. Um, but the what's interesting about this and what really qualifies it to be a supercar is that because of the electric motor, um, Telsa is claiming, and they're still going through all the you know certification tests and things of that nature. They're claiming that this will accelerate very smoothly throughout the spectrum. So whether you're at, you know, 0 to 60 or, you know, 20 to 80, it's still going to accelerate somewhat the same. And that's that's a very interesting concept and uh, something that we hadn't really, to my knowledge, seen before. I mean, even very powerful cars, they're still limited by the, you know, by the constraints of normal engines. This is interesting in that you know the engine is is developed totally different um 
you know, and well, there really is no engine in the <laughs> in the conventional sense. It's batteries. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just something where I've been looking forward to something like this for so long. And you, you like a hybrid supercar. You know, we we talked about the attack. I think it was in the second episode. The the car that the high school students made. And now here it is. Here's our car, and it's even better because it uses no gasoline whatsoever. This is just sweet. So um, definitely encourage you to take a look at this. Uh, (laughs) Interesting little thing. It says, interested in reserving a Telsa Roadster? Response to the Telsa Roadster has been even greater than we anticipated, and we've sold out of our special edition Signature 100 Roadsters. And you're surprised by this? <laughs> you have the first electric supercar known to man. That, wow, I'm just wondering why they're surprised. We're now taking reservations for our next 100 Telsa Roadsters to be built. Other thing is, this thing isn't, I mean, as far as the cars we talk about on here, uh, it isn't all that expensive. It's only about $100,000. Yeah, I say only. <laughs> <laughs> Kids sitting here talking about cars. Yeah, it's only a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so, um, I'm a little thirsty. Excuse me. Anyway, um, we'll we'll have to have to see where this this develops into. So definitely, uh, definitely on one on my my uh, list of cars I would want just to try it out. I mean, it's got to be an interesting experience to drive a car that that just doesn't work the same way as anything you've really ever driven before. So that sounds really exciting. The the funniest part, um, they have the website's really well designed. I said they have some tabs up the top, and uh, the last one is more. And if you click on that, and then uh, you you say, um, oh, God. Oh, and then uh, FAQs, the, this is great. Um, oh, I gotta do a search on it now. Oh, yeah, here it is. How big is the trunk? Okay, here here we go. And it has this great little picture, and it looks like it's, and, and they even, they even admit to this, it has been designed to fit a golf bag in it. <laughs> so that's it. Like, in the, in the very front of the car, they have this, this little place where you can lay out a golf bag. And that's it. <laughs> that's all the storage space you get. Um, so, I mean, at least they're honest. I mean, like, a lot of them will give measurements. And, you know, for people who aren't, you know, trunk space experts, they don't really... Oh, my God. Is that my laptop? What is happening? Oh, it's the fan. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's... To my ears, it's really obnoxious. So we're just going to talk over it hopefully and <laughs> hopefully it won't make as much noise but uh, anyway oh, I can't hear my headphones um, so yeah they, they give you a picture they're like this will fit a bag of golf clubs yeah <laughs> that's about it so that that was that was a little funny on the website that they would actually admit to that which is cool I mean <laughs> but uh, not exactly meant for traveling
So anyway, the the golf clubs thing kind of reminded me, you know, that um, <laughs> not too long ago, um, my uh, my friend and I actually got into an auto accident, <laughs> which um, wasn't wasn't too fun. No one no one got hurt, um, and there, there wasn't you know really substantial damage to either car. Somebody did a California stop on us. You know what are you gonna do? Um, but something interesting happened. Uh, I kind of remembered this, you know, talking about old golf bags and old guys wanting to show off their cool cars at the golf course. (laughs) Interesting how the mind makes connections. So what happened is we're, uh, you know, we, we, we wreck in the middle of this intersection and there's, you know, glass everywhere and crap and, you know, everybody's fine. We're sitting there for half an hour waiting for the cops, you know, <laughs> waiting for someone to, you know, take the report, get the, you know, get the thing cleaned up, blah, blah, blah. So I'm waiting and, you know, all these, all these people are really nice. You know, they're driving by, you know, is everybody okay? You know, blah, blah, blah. And God, we must have had 20 people do that. Anyway, one of the guys, um, after all that had happened and after it was kind of obvious that everyone was, you know under control and all that uh one of these these guys is driving drives by in a um in a ferrari and uh gosh i don't believe this i don't remember what it was god don't remember what that car was um might come to me later but um beautiful 80s 80s Ferrari. Name's right on the tip of my tongue, and I don't know why I can't can't say it, but it's um, Testarossa. That's what it was. Testarossa. I'm sorry, I just kind of really popped the mic there. But uh, Testarossa, yes, that's what it was. So, um, Ferrari Testarossa, and um, I, I remember that he comes by, and, you know, he looks at us to make sure that, you know, we're all okay. And he... As he's going by, I'm thinking, isn't isn't this just an odd match? You know, this guy, he looked like he was, gee, 70, <laughs> you know? And he's in, the, in this super awesome car that you, you never see, you know, this great, one of the greatest supercars of the 80s, arguably. And... That's you know that's who owns a lot of these things, and it is just kind of kind of this this weird um, I don't know. It just kind of it just kind of struck me as interesting. So uh, you know, a, a cars that you would think represent so much youth are owned by people that are uh, that are getting older, and really, I guess it, it, that's it is all about the youth. It's preserving the youth, right? Okay, I rambled on too much about that. that Okay, yeah, like I said, I'm just going to kind of talk today. Um, Okay, next story. Um, We have a new Ferrari on the block, and this is arguably the coolest Ferrari. Uh, I know it's the coolest one I've seen. Um, I don't know about uh, about you guys out there. I'm, of course, going to put pictures up on the Flickr site. But um, here you go. 2006 Ferrari P4 slash 5 by Pininfarina. I don't know what's up with the name, but uh, this is from supercars.com. Um, 
So there's, it says that recently there's been a lot of commotion surrounding the discovery by many fans, blogs, and magazines of a specially commissioned Ferrari that was rebodied and rebuilt by Pininfarina. The story has been unfolding on a specific FerrariChat.com thread where James Glickenhaus, I think I said that right, revealed his name or his dream was coming true and a custom tailored Ferrari was being made for himself. Okay, now, <laughs> this is just interesting to me because what they did is they rebodied. I mean, they kind of rebodied the Enzo, but because that's what it uses. But it's it's a totally new car. I mean, they go on in the article. It's a very good article about the car, and they go on to say, you know, that it was not just a rebody. There were all these custom made parts. You know, blah blah blah. This is a new car. This thing is you know faster. Just it's just amazing. It looks like a cross between a Ferrari and a fighter jet. I mean, that may sound cheesy, but it's kind of true. And so the, I mean, it, it's amazing. Now, what I'm curious about is who the heck this, uh, this James Glickenhaus guy is. Because he must be somebody rich and powerful for Ferrari to, to make a car. I mean, they have all kinds of rich customers. He must be something very special. So... Let's Google this guy and see what we come up with. <laughs> Search. James Glickenhaus. Oh, he's an actor. IMDB.com. Is he just one of these, like, actors that I know nothing about, but it's really, really, uh, uh, famous? Let's see. Oh, he's a producer. Okay. Producer, actor... These movies I've never heard of, but there's a lot of them. So I'm guessing they must be good. Uh, <laughs> guessing he must be um, father of Jesse Cameron Glickenhaus, Glickenhaus, whatever, something like that. Uh, doesn't look like he's as big as his son is. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, so big time Hollywood actor slash producer. Uh, so I guess that's what it takes to get your own Ferrari made. So now this thing is going to be released to the public. This is actually going to be a Ferrari model that will be sold, and uh, they've got a lot of a lot of uh, stats on this, and it's going to be the most expensive Ferrari ever. Two million dollars that outclasses the bugatti veyron by a cool three quarters of a million uh for those of you keeping track and uh, i'll just i'll just run down the the numbers because we like numbers um pound feet of torque 500 or uh what what is that measurement <laughs> never seen that okay so 660 horsepower torque 485 feet we've got oh my god huge rear brakes uh six speed semi-automatic with electro hydraulic actuation for a transmission twin plate clutch i have no idea what all that electro hydraulic actuation is um i'm assuming that the plates are controlled by 
electrohydraulics. <laughs> that's that's my best guess at what that means. Um, uh, semi-automatic. That's obviously your your paddle shifts, which is awesome. Probably gonna put the F1 paddle shift in there. Uh, 225 miles per hour top speed, zero to 60 in 3.55. Impressive. That's really good. But this thing must have. That's weird because the Enzo is faster to 60. They, they must they must have added some weight to this. That's that's cool. Um, you know, adding the weight obviously isn't cool, but this, uh, this styling of this car is worth it because however, however cool you think the Enzo is, this is better. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it. So definitely going to have some pictures of this up on the site. Okay, um, we've got a, uh, little Grand Tour action going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Ugh. Frog in my throat. All right. <clears> throat> Uh, fighting something. I'm not really sure what it is yet, but you'll have to just uh, bear with me. Um, so, uh, Lotus Europa S Grand Tour inspired two-seater provide Lotus customers with spectacular sports cars, significantly enhanced levels of touring and cruising ability. So, um, this is this is kind of the big brother, I guess you could say, of the. Um, of the uh, current current Lotus model right now, the Elise, and so yeah, it, it looks amazing. It's very, um, you know, very very light, uh, 140 miles per hour, which is pretty good. You know, they Lotus for those of you who don't know, um, really their goal is to make cars that are light and maneuverable and that's what this thing is. It, even though it is a Grand Tour designed to, you know, p keep people in comfort, that kind of thing, it saves weight and so it can be very, very agile. Um, you know, you, sure, you know, your Enzos are going to have the speed and all that kind of thing and, you know, but this this is amazing on hairpin turns you know the elise is probably the most maneuverable car on earth at this point so uh way to go lotus we've been waiting for that second model for a while now i guess i guess you could say the exige is one but that was that was kind of just a just a you know mixing up of the elise elise um or elise uh design and oh man, you gotta be kidding me! They're not selling this in in the U.S. Oh, I bet I know why. Um, the I was reading in an article. Um, gosh, I believe it was in Sports Car International, where they were talking about Lotus having trouble getting these uh their cars, you know, on these these restrictions for the United States. You know, apparently the United States has one of the most restrictive set of laws as far as road cars in most of the world. So Europe has, you know, they don't have a strict for um, catalytic converters, for crash tests, you know, all this sort of thing. Headlights, you know, brightness, and tint, all that kind of stuff. And so they're... Uh, 
you know, that costs money. That costs, I think I heard a quote somewhere that Lotus said it was going to cost them $5,000 extra to make a, and I could be wrong on this, but it seems like I heard that they said it was going to cost $5,000 to make an American Elise versus a European Elise just because of all those things that they have to do to it. So, you know, really, uh, really an interesting thing that they're not uh, letting these things in. And I almost think that for cars, I mean, how many of these are going to get sold? Seriously, in the United States. I mean, Lotus doesn't even sell that all that many cars. I mean, which is the which is the cool part. I mean, they're exclusive, even though they're not really all that expensive. They're you know, they're a status symbol. They're something where, you know, only set amount are made. So, you know, what is the big deal with, you know, I mean, th- this is the problem I have with all these regulations, is that you see this, this piece of crap, you know, going down the road and, you know, coughing out all these emissions or whatever. Ask, you know, you ask the emissions people, well, you know, why do they let that drive around? Well, it's so old, we don't have to worry about it. What the heck? So you're you're restricting cars like this, these great cars from Europe, because they don't meet the standards, but then you're not making making people repair their cars that are just pieces of junk for the reason that they're hurting the environment. Come on. And then I mean I mean, realistically, how many of these cars are going to be in the United States? A thousand, if that? It's it's just ugh. Sometimes these car regulations just don't make any logical sense at all. And this, (coughs) sorry, and this would be one of those times I'd be inclined to to think. Okay, last story of the day. What is wrong with my throat today? Um, Brand new sports car due soon. Concept Climax F1 features for 35,000 pounds. What kind of a headline is that? Oh, oh, I see. I read, I totally read it wrong. Okay. Concept Climax F1 features for 35,000 pounds. Okay. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, says, three automotive designers from Coventry University have, as part of their professional enhancement year, chosen to break away from the norm and form their own company with the vision of reinventing the British sports car. So this um, this is from PistonHeads.com, and uh, it says that it's been under development for 18 months, uh, they said it's going to be unveiled in the summer of 07 at one of the major auto shows, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, th- this is the interesting part. The students said they believe the current trend toward environmentally friendly vehicles does not have to cl- include dull designs or small city cars. They've created a two-seater sports car that can run on ethanol fuel and offers performance fe- figures similar to a Lotus Elise. This thing is sleek. It is cool, and it runs on ethanol, and I think that's a great idea. This kind of goes along with our theme of environmentally friendly. This could be the environment show, or maybe not. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, it's it's genuinely a very cool car. It's very uh, extreme 
you know, styling like those supercars that everybody loves and then nobody builds. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those. So I hope they don't tone down the design at all because I love these. I love these kind of cars like this, and I'll definitely have the picture up. I love these cars that are just severe and, you know, risk takers. And, you know, you either love it or you hate it. And, you know, tough luck. I just I just love it when people take risks like that. So, there you go. Uh, the show is a little bit longer than I was planning for. But uh, next, next week we uh, should have a lot of things uh, stacking up. So it should be a little bit longer show. Um, comments, you can always email to supercar-radio at gmail.com and you can uh, go to the weblog and you can uh, Skype me at Game Chat Live. So uh, have a good day everybody, have a good weekend and uh, I will see you hopefully in a couple of weeks. Bye bye. <laughs>